We have former Penn State Hooper Miles Dredd joining the show. Just capped off a, a really successful five-year career at Penn State. Miles, welcome to the show, and how are you doing today? Thanks, man. I'm great, man. I'm absolutely great. Blessed. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And as we're talking off camera, I really enjoyed uh, your, your Penn State squad this last season. Super well-coached team. You guys played as one. An older team that just, you know, the, the – now, I won't even say the sum's greater than the parts, but you guys just meshed really well. And you guys had talent. Uh, you're one of the best shooting teams in the country. I think Shrewsbury did a, a wonderful job getting the most out, out of each player. Um, but but it, took a, it took a minute for you guys to get rolling towards the end of the year where you guys really started, where it really started clicking for you guys. Why did it start clicking for you at the end of the season? What changed for you guys? Um, we drew the line in the sand. Um, we had a real tough discussion as a team with Coach Shrewsbury. Um, we had to really sit down and define our roles and really come to a conclusion that if everybody does exactly what this team needs, we'll win. And if everybody does their job to the best of their ability, we'll win. And it worked. <laughs> yeah, I know. I would say so. Hey, you guys won nine of your last 12 and two of those losses were against Purdue and, and Texas by what, two and five points respectively. And those three losses, yeah. you guys lost by a total of 10 points. So all the games were competitive. Um, but yeah, you guys were looking super, uh, super tough. And, you know, this might sound surprising to some viewers here, but I thought you guys were one of the toughest teams in the entire country at the end of the year. You guys are playing as good as anybody. As we talk a little bit off camera, once again, um, you guys, now looking back at it, you had Jalen Pickett, who was drafted, Seth Lundy, who was drafted, Funk is on a, uh, Exhibit 10 with the Nuggets. Um, you, you had you, uh, Cam Winter, just a lot of experienced talents, and, and, and Pickett was a legit superstar for you guys. You guys got a great coach who's like an X and O's wizard. Um, so this might sound crazy, but I thought you guys were one of the toughest teams in the country, and... Do you th and I think you just got a bad matchup with Texas in the round of 32 where you almost beat them. You had them on the ropes. You blew out a really good Texas A&M team uh, in the first round. And then you had Texas on the ropes, barely lost. Um, but I think Texas was one of the best teams in the country, if not the best. Just as good as UConn, in my opinion. And I, I, I think if they don't lose Dylan DeSue to injury, I think they would have went right past Miami. And I think they would have being UConn. I thought they were just as good, if not better, than UConn. What do you think happens if um, Texas were to meet UConn had they not lost to Sue? I mean, you can always play the hypotheticals game, but I really believe Texas was a Final Four team, for sure. I don't know if they were good enough to beat UConn. Um, the UConn was really, really, really good. Like, from a, from a fan perspective, they were fun to watch. They played a great pace. They ran their stuff. And from a basketball guy watching film, I mean, the, the way that they defended, they forced people into the bigs, kept people in front, made people take tough shots. Like, it would have been tough. Like, for us, our, our true center was young. So yeah. it was harder for us to guard Dylan DeSue because I was guarding him at the center. <laughs> You know, so having Adam Sonogo and, you know, what was the other kid's name? Um, big white uh, kid. I forgot his name. But, yeah, I don't I mean, remember they, either. Those, I should. Those are prolific college bigs. Like, yeah. so Dylan would have had his hands full 
maybe not on offense. He might have been able to score on offense, but on defense, he might have had his hands pulled down there. Sure. And, um, yeah, and as I said earlier, I was super impressed by the job uh, Coach Shrewsbury did throughout the year, just just really bringing the most out, out of the team and, uh, and and using Jalen Pickett, you know, perfectly. I, I, I was just super impressed with him giving the keys and just the way he set up your guys' offense. Um, but you can tell he's a true X and O's expert, kind of like Matt Painter, you know, who he was under before. You can tell he's a true Painter guy. Um, talk about Coach Shrewsbury and what kind of success do you think he's capable of at Notre Dame? I mean, I think Coach Shrewsbury is one of the best X's and O's coaches you've ever seen. Like, for the basketball minds, you know, like, you come out of a timeout. If you can rely on your coach to draw something up every time you come out of a timeout and you know that you're going to get an open shot, like, it's not, oh, it might work, it might not work. If they do this and you got to do this, no. Like, he's going to draw the play up to the point where, you know you're going to get an open shot. Now it's just on you to make it. Sure. Yeah. And what I learned was it's not that he's an offensive guy. It's a defensive guy. I mean, he's a defensive guy, but he uses de- like how, what he knows about defenses and how people guard to counteract that with good offense. Yeah. It's, it's really mind-boggling. If you sit there and watch him work, just drawing on the clipboard, you can see his mind just like, going and going and going and going. He's like, oh, they switch screens or they hard hedge. All right, so I'm going to slip him here and send guy to the corner. They overhelp, so he's going to be wide open over there in the corner. We're like, how did you know that? Like, <laughs> how much basketball have you had to have been able to watch yeah. to know that that was going to happen verbatim? Like, you knew exactly what was going to happen, and it happened. Sure. And, and, and the simplest way, you know, to look at your guys' offense this last year was obviously – the keys were in Pickett's hands, and a lot of times I, you guys would try getting mismatches, switches onto uh, Pickett, and then, he, you know, he'll go make a play. You know, if he's got a favorable matchup one-on-one, he's going to go score on you. Um, if you double or if they're playing really hard, he's going to find a way to create for one of the, uh, his teammates, create for you, create an open shot. Talk about the job Jalen Pickett did uh, leading the offense this past season. So he played a lot of – he played a weird style um... – Brad Underwood classified it as booty ball. Um, <laughs> Saw that. Kind of funny. But truthfully, I mean, he was bigger, stronger, smarter than a lot of the people that were guarding him. And if he wasn't, we were going to keep making you switch until yeah. you got to that guy that wasn't big or strong enough. So, And for us, we had, I mean, when I played the five, it was Pickett, Cam, Seth, Funk, and me on the court all 35-plus percent three-point shooters, really 36-plus, we're like, okay, guard him one-on-one if you want to. He's just going to score 30. And and if you don't, okay, go double. Double off me, not him. I want the shot. So, like, like we used to tell the defenders, like, no, I'm not going to shoot it. Go ahead. Go double. Kick right out with the ball. And the way Pickett passed, if you go back and watch, like, it was never, like, high or low. Like, he put it right in the pocket. You just go knock it down. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, I saw it firsthand. Um, a buddy of mine has really good tickets, and he wasn't using his ticket. So I was at the the Cole Center this past season, um, and you guys kept switching. You kept getting a siege onto him, like the, the, the freshman a siege. And I was I, – I don't know how you guys kept doing it. Like every time I'm like, they find a way to get a siege onto Pickett. And that is just uh, – 
recipe for a disaster. That, that, that's yeah. not the match we want to see. So I, I saw and I was like, that's impressive. That's impressive yeah. because Wisconsin knew it was coming. But still, a CG would somehow end up on picket with the way you guys ran everything. So it was just, I, I, I really, I'm a, I'm a believer in Shrewsbury. I'm a believer in Pickett. Um, and I, I think it was a perfect match. I think it was a perfect match. So, um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, I, for, for me, I, you know, I really enjoyed watching you guys and, and Pickett did such a good job. But I thought NBA teams were going to look at him as one of those unique college players who's really great in college, but his game won't translate to the pros. Um, especially when he measured in at only six foot two at the combine, I was like, "Oh, that's too bad." You know, I really wanted to see him get an opportunity in the NBA, but you know, the Nuggets know a thing or two about unique players, so uh, they, they 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 just they drafted him, and I did not see that coming. Did you did you think uh, Pickett was going to get drafted and and drafted that high? I did. You saw it coming. I did. I mean, because you know, there's prolific college players, but there's not very many prolific college players that are playing in an NBA style offense that are that effective. So like you got a bunch of college offenses that are, all right, well, the best player is just going to get the ball and everybody's going to move out the way, or he's going to run off a million screens and just get a bunch of shots up. Pickett was efficient, uh, productive and unselfish. And I think a lot of NBA teams really raved about him. So crystal ball, what do you think's in store for him in the NBA? If you had to make a prediction, what does his career look like? I think his ceiling is like a Andre Miller, Chauncey Billups, maybe. Sure. And I think his floor is like a college Jalen Pickett. I mean, that's no way. Um, because I I know who he is, and I know what kind of work he puts in, like, he's not going to get worse. You know, like yeah. some guys, there's a theory in basketball, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse, right? So I think Pick is going to work to get to that point where guys are like, oh, well, I want him on my team. And yeah. what can I do to get him to be my lead guard? So I'm, I'm really excited for him this season. I can't wait. Awesome. Awesome. And just one more question about your teammates before I talk more about you here. Um, but uh, Andrew Funk, you know, he signed Exhibit 10. And I, I, I look at, uh, um, you know, what the Miami Heat did with Duncan Robinson. If Duncan Robinson can make the NBA, no disrespect to Robinson, but he signed like a $90 million deal. And I never saw that coming from him when I watched him in college. Uh, yeah. I think you probably just missed him. But, uh, yeah, my, my thought is if Robinson can make it in the NBA, why can't Funk? I agree. I firmly yeah. agree. Funk, Good deal. He has that. He has that uh, microwave that, like, if he knows similar to the way I shoot it, like, he knows before the game starts, like, oh yeah, it's one of those games. Like when we were playing yeah. Texas A and M, like, we were throwing up shots and warm ups. Me, because what people don't really know, because Funk play, Funk played so loud, like I didn't shoot that many shots, but I was two for two on, from three too. Like I didn't, I didn't miss that game either. Like I was like. Yeah, I mean, you find me, I'm going to shoot it too. But obviously, I mean, he just kept putting them up, kept putting them up. Yeah. And, I mean, from the first time he caught the ball in the game, he shot it standing right next to Buzz Williams at the hash mark. Like, <laughs> I thought he was at least going to take a dribble. He was like, nope, popped it up. So Let it go. When it, when it didn't hit the rim, I was like, ooh, that's not that's not good. <laughs> it's going to be a long night. Like, when he made that shot, I knew we were going to win. 
Like, yeah, it's very rare to say that, like, off the first possession of the game, but like how easily we broke their press, he made that shot, and how dumbfounded their team looked because they thought that their press was gonna fluster us. They were like, oh, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh, yeah, and, and and you know, moving over to you, you uh. I mean, you hit a lot of big shots throughout your career. You had a you had a game winner, I believe, during the the COVID year. Um, and I, I I remember just a few months ago that Texas game. You were hitting big shots. You're hitting big threes out of crunch time. What is it? What is it about the big moment where you are comfortable to to put that shot up? Um, I've gotten this question a few times. I don't know if it's a comfortability thing. It's more so, I just play the game. Like I'm aware of the clock, but I'm never really like, oh, it's the last second, got to get something up. Like, it's my time, it's my Kobe moment. Like, no, that's that's never been my mindset whatsoever. Yeah. It's more so, like, I'm going to make the right play, um, and if the right play is for me to shoot it, I'm going to shoot it. Um, you know, the only time I ever felt like I, you know, forced up a shot was maybe against Iowa when I tied it to go to double overtime, uh, not last year, but the year before with Shrewsbury. But even then, like, most of those shots were catch and shoot, maybe a shot fake sure. five. Yeah, I was never uh, I was never trying, like, throw me the ball, throw me the ball, I got to go get a bucket. Like, it was like, oh, it might be – I think it's coming to me. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> coming to me. And yeah. just let it go. Yes, yeah, sir, let so, it fly. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I've heard that more times than you probably even would believe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my job has been to make threes and shoot threes my entire career in college. But sometimes I may have, you know, missed a few and I kind of got a little bit of passive aggressive in, in the way I played the game. So all of my coaches, Coach Pat Chambers, Jim Ferry, Micah Shrewsbury, let it fly, let it go, shoot it, shoot it. Yeah. So they just well. kept instilling confidence in me and I just tried to keep putting it into fruition. You guys made a big jump um, from your freshman year to your sophomore year from 1819 to 1920. You guys had a lot of talent in 1819. What was it about that that team your sophomore year that that, that really went up another level? Because you guys lost an NBA player in Reeves, and I know you guys got a year older, but you guys got, got a lot better that following year. What was it that, that just flipped for you that year? We learned how to win games. Um, I'd say that the team matured. We got some new pieces. Um, we it was a lot of um, addition by subtraction, I would say. Um, but I think that that team was very, very good because of how connected we were. Like the locker room was that was that might have been the best locker room I've ever been a part of. Like. Everybody was, there were no clicks. There were no, um, like, everybody hung out with everybody. Everybody went to eat with everybody. Like, there was no, you know, there was groups of people that were better friends than others. But, like, in terms of clicks, like, no. Everybody was as connected as could be. Like, if you would have saw us practice, that last practice before we traveled to the Big Ten tournament, you would have thought we were going to win the national championship. Like, like I'd never seen a group of guys that just banded together so well after going on like a not a not a losing streak but like a slow slump a little bit. 
I mean, you would have thought we were the Sixers. Like we were, we were ready to go. Yeah. And I was just, you know, really bummed that the that COVID kind of took that away from us. But you know, I still keep in touch with those guys to this day. And if you had to say which team was better, which one would you be picking? Nineteen or twenty? Nineteen twenty or twenty two, twenty three? That's so hard, man. Because the people have asked me this question before. Because truthfully, truthfully, I would say there's two different styles of play. Both had bona fide superstars by by definition. Um, we would have had a bunch of issues guarding both. Like if I'm on one team or if I'm on both teams, that makes a difference. Um, how we played, how we were coached. There is no home court advantage. So I really, I, I don't know. All right. Uh, we were bigger. The 2019, 2020 team was bigger and more athletic, but the, 2022-2023 team was older, shot it way better, didn't turn the ball over. Yeah. Uh, so I think we would have kind of like evened out. Like I think it would have been a really good game. Sure. And and obviously you were at Penn State for a long time, since from 2018 to 2023. That's five years of your life. Um, how have you changed the most since uh, you walked onto campus in 2018? Um, I've just grown into a, a man, man. Like I just learned so much about myself and what I, you know, what I want to be, who I want to be, what kind of man I want to be. And I think, you know, having such great mentors throughout Penn State, whether it be Coach Chambers, um, Coach Ferry, Coach Shrewsbury, all the assistants I've had, Keith Ergo, Adam Fisher, Mike Farrelly, um, and then also the people outside of the basketball program, you know, Keith Embray and James Franklin and a bunch of these guys that have, even in passing, have just been so um, meaningful. The meetings that we've had have been so meaningful. Uh, I think I've got a lot of different tools from a lot of different people that have helped me grow into the man that I am today. And I'm still learning. I got a lot more to learn. I'm, you know, I may sound like weird, but I'm only 23, you know, so... I got a lot more learning to do, but I um, I got a great, great platform for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you named a lot of people there, a lot of different coaches, three different coaches in your time at Penn State. Why did you stay loyal? Why didn't you hit the portal when everyone's hitting the portal these days? Uh, I've never been a transfer guy. Um, never been. I didn't, I didn't like the idea of transferring. Or I didn't even like the idea of switching NBA, um, switching AAU teams when we were growing up. You know, like I just enjoy being. You know, I enjoy the grind. Like if we're struggling, how I like problem solving. That's who I am. Like how are we gonna make this better? How are we gonna fix this? Um, and throughout the different coaches, I mean, I love Penn State. Like ever since the moment I stepped foot on campus, it had a little bit to do with the coach, but I mean the school recruited me very well. Like I knew that it was close to home. Um, it's a great power five conference. I get to play in Michigan and in Maryland. And of course in Pennsylvania where a lot of my family is from. So I was, I mean, I couldn't imagine going anywhere else. Penn state. I like that. You said that you, you, you like solving problems. Um, not that 
Penn State basketball was a problem, but they had like a lot of close calls to make the NCAA tournament over the year. A lot of times they were this close and it just didn't happen. And um, yeah. yeah, the last time they made the tournament before you stepped on campus was 2011 with Taylor Battle. And then you come there and really you guys would have made the tournament twice. And you guys had some really, really tough teams that, uh, you know, lost some close games, maybe didn't have the the resume to make the tournament, but they were some really good teams. So yeah, you guys definitely solved some problems in your time at uh, Penn State. Um, and as you reflect in all the games you've played in, what game do you look back most fondly on? That's a great one, man. I think it's hard to say because each year had that one game that just sat with you, you know? I think senior night, my second senior night against the University of Maryland, that was like a real culmination of my career at Penn State. Um, it, it was like, it was weird. It was like a metaphor almost. Like, not a great first half, didn't play well, nobody did, a lot of emotion going into it. Second half, we come back, win at the buzzer, and you just see a group of guys that work so hard. And we talked all summer because a lot of people don't know, like I've known Andrew Funk and I've known Cam Winter and me and Seth Lundy have been together forever. I used to play against Jalen Pickett in AAU. Mm -hmm. Like these are guys that I've known for so long that people didn't even know. They're like, oh, they're new transfers. How are they going to mesh together? I'm like, dude, I've known these dudes forever, (laughs) like for a long time. So. It just made that transition that much easier. And we were talking in the summer about, no, we're going to the tournament. Like, we got the pieces. This this is going to work. And the moment we got those pieces, I knew. I was like, yeah, this this has to work. This is our last go-around. And we all treated this season like that. Sure. And, yeah, I, I know. I mean, just, just, you know, scheduling this interview, you have a busy schedule right now. Now that you're done at Penn sure. State, what are you up to right now? What's What's next for you in the future? So I'm actually currently working in the athletic department and okay. athletic administration. Um, I have some aspirations of being a athletic director one day at a power five school, hopefully Penn state, Shout yes, out, uh, Pat Kraft. Um, but I, I definitely, I want to be a leader amongst athletes, um, and change, change lives. Oh, hey, and, and your hooping career, are you looking to extend your hooping career? Or are you, uh, hanging it up? Uh, no, so I'm, I'll play in the TVT, um, and I'll still play, you know, stay in shape. But, nah, man, I uh, I hung him up. Okay. I, uh, in terms of playing professionally and going further, my body took a beating. My mind took a beating. You know, it was a lot. So it, it was a hard decision. I definitely had to come to grips with it. Um, it took me a while, but, sure. yeah, I decided to hang him up. Oli, I mean, you had a hell of a career, so congratulations, and uh, yeah, best of luck on the next step. Um, and you mentioned the TBT, though, and you guys played in it. Penn State, I always say this for just about every TBT team, it's about who can get the the uh, alumni to play, like who can get the most like alumni to play. Like uh, Ohio State did a great job um, throughout the years. They had the the, the Crafts, the Sullingers, Lighties, Bufords. They, they had their top guys who weren't in the NBA playing. Penn State has some really good players um, who are not in the NBA, like DJ Newbill, Tim Frazier, uh, uh, Brooks from from the Taylor Battle era. Uh, Do you think there's a chance we could see them next year? I hope. I'm doing a little bit of recruiting, trying to get these guys to come back down. You know, those are my old heads. They they help 
you know, recruit me to Penn State. Um, and I appreciate them a lot for that. So I'm going to try my best to recruit them to come out there and hoop with us one time. Good deal. Good deal. And, and you mentioned recruiting. I also had a follow-up question I forgot to ask earlier. Um, last question before rapid fire round. Um, did you have a part in the recruiting of the guys you knew from the portal, the the Funks, the the Pickets? Did you have a role in that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, funny enough, I have like a as a as a student athlete, when I hosted a recruit, all of them committed, every single one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but neither Cam or Funk were coming up for like the official visit where they were like, you know, I sure. Knew, you know, I want to, they were like, dude, show me the facility, show me what the coaches are like, uh, you know, are we doing this or are we not? So I knew, I've known Cam since we were like 10, 9 or 10, sure. we were playing against each other for a long time. And I found out he was coming on a visit and I was like, yeah, you're coming. He was like, why you say that? I was like, you're coming. Don't worry. Awesome. He was like, I got some other visits. I was like, you can cancel those. You're coming. <laughs> and then Funk, he, he came up and it, and it just a testament to who he is and how he was raised. He bought the coach's lunch or his family bought the coach's lunch. Oh, wow. On his visit, which is. Yeah. You don't hear that. That's not what you do. Yeah. But I mean, that's just, that's just who he is. Like his family's awesome. Love his mom, love his dad. Um, And that's, that's he was just that type of kid that you want in the program. Absolutely. So it made it really easy. Yeah. Oh, and I would say it worked out pretty well. So, Miles, yeah. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you uh, fitting me in your schedule. And last round's rapid fire round, so I'll give you a bunch of questions. Just answer them in a timely fashion. All right? Gotcha. All right. Funniest teammate at Penn State? Seth Lundy. Best teammate you've ever had? John Hara. Toughest player you've ever had to guard? Zach Eady. <laughs> Dogs or cats? Dogs. Favorite food? Tacos. Favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Favorite movie? The Lion King. It's not even close. Your favorite sport outside of basketball? To watch football, to play baseball. Favorite musical artist? Rod Wave. Favorite city you've visited? Chicago. Favorite type of workout? Lift. Uh, Least favorite type of workout? Running. And the last question, what was the toughest loss you had in college? Texas. All right. In the in the in round of thirty two. Good deal. Miles, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Best of luck in the future and in the, in the next step, and I'm looking forward to staying connected along the way. Thanks, Matt.